Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to BGM episode 2. I'm David and this is my co-host Mike. Hello. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about how our week went. It's a bit weird because we we kind of are a bit delayed in recording this but uh, we, we do our best. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while but you're not going to notice because of how our schedules have gone. Sure. And if you're not listening, then you won't hear this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in this week, um, we saw the finale of um, Season 8 of Game of Thrones. Uh, so we'll be able to talk about how we feel about that episode and the season as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we kind of had our uh, our individual uh, roundups of the week. For me, that was um, uh, the purchasing and reading of... Uh, Batman uh, The Killing Joke which is um, yeah, an interesting story uh, Buffy Season 4 that's kind of like the first half of Season 4 of Buffy um, The Yorkshire Free Peaks Challenge which uh, I did with my sister-in-law which was uh, an interesting but painful experience and uh, I also received my first board game crate How about you Mike? What did, what did you get up to in the week? Um, I continued watching Chernobyl, which, um, yeah, kind of distressing if if you uh, have not partaken in watching this season, this this series so far. I don't know if there's going to be another season. It's a miniseries, so sort of Um But interesting, yeah. Definitely interesting if you don't know that much about it. It's fascinating, really. Um, what else did I do? I uh, continued watching Lucifer. Um, yeah, yeah, it's Lucifer. So not 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 much to say about that uh, until later. Um, I didn't really get around to much gaming, um, so we'll just mainly from my end stick to uh, talking about the Game of Thrones finale and thoughts on that. Cool. So should we kick that off first? But let's remember that we don't want to give away spoilers for uh, this show until we we give our spoiler disclaimer later on. So if you, you're listening out for our thoughts about the actual content of this show, you probably want to um, skip to the spoiler section later on. But um, for now... I don't, know, I don't know if I can even talk about it about spoilers. Maybe we should just wait. <laughs> yeah, let's just say, you know, let's give it an idea of what we, we thought about it. I think um, for me, the the season as a whole felt very rushed. Um, it felt like it should have been across multiple seasons. It was obvious that the, the content was not written based on what the original author had 
um, envisaged, and that's because that material doesn't yet exist. And yeah, in general, it kind of fell a bit flat. Uh, that's pretty much all I can say about the episode without spoilers. And the season in general. Well, the writers, they were uh, they were just playing football with their mates out in the garden. Um, out in the field. And then they got their call from their mum that dinner's ready. So they took their ball uh, and ran away before the game was finished. Well, first of all, they kicked it in the goal. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, pretty much hacked their mates and run away. Uh, to be to be fair, we we got this feeling from fe- season seven anyway. Not not really necessarily just season eight. Well, yeah, because but, season seven, they're obviously in talks with Disney about being able to uh, do their um, to do a Star Wars trilogy. So they were like, "Oh, okay, we're in talks with you now. Better hurry this up. We've got to make a movie for twenty twenty one or whatever it is." Yeah, I I kind of see it uh, a little bit like a lot of TV shows in that it was a it was a great initially a great series with a mediocre ending so overall the series is a bit meh because you know anything that doesn't end well it, to me a story has to have a good beginning a good intro a good kind of build up and then a good finale and this um, it has a good intro it has a good build up and the finale just kills the the build up so it does kind of lost all that interest and if you think about it in many respects you could probably have just ended it in season like two three because not much happens well you can't though that's the problem of the game of thrones is that there's no there's no exit the the battle of the kings the kingdoms or vying for power and each one of these 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 stories doesn't end until until the end of the show. You, you've got the the whole plot of Winter is Coming. You've got the whole plot of of um, the, the 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 people vying for uh, the the throne. And unless one of those concludes, you can't end the story. You can't end the story uh, of season one. Because that doesn't make sense. Season two's ending is, um, I think that's like the Battle of Blackwater. You can't really end there. There isn't. No. Each season, each season's ending, doesn't have an ending for any character. So you can't. You, well, I'm pretty sure the, the, the first season ends pretty well for Ned uh, Stark. Well, it does. I mean, uh, if yeah, he was the main yeah. character, sure, that swing of the sword, uh, roll credits. But it didn't do that, so, you know, I mean, it, you could have ended it like that if, if it stopped right there. Yeah. I, I think we can all agree that... Um, like, unlike a lot of other... Unlike a lot of other seasons out there, you can make your own uh, headcanon ending for something when something in the storyline has a satisfying moment that you could end it on. Like, for me, it's Buffy Season 5. Well, you say that, but then you've been reading the comic book, so I'm not sure that I agree that you think that's the end. But Well, my uh, head, like, <laughs> head canon for the TV show it is, because I, I feel like it, it went a bit off the rails on Seasons 6 and 7. I think that was mainly because Josh Whedon was doing other stuff. 
Well, maybe, maybe not. I, I think, yeah, yeah we, we, we can measure the pros and cons of those when we get there. But, um, yeah, don't, don't kind of talk through um, the first half of season four later on. And kind of get my thoughts on that because I, I, um, yeah, I, I initially thought with that particular um, series that I, I didn't enjoy it in the moment when it first happened, but I do now. So yeah, I'd be interested to talk through later. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much it from Game of Thrones for now, and we'll talk more in more detail on that once we get to spoilers. Okay. I'm guessing things like Buffy being as old as it is, spoilers don't really come into it, so we can just talk about that in general. Sure. Right. So. Um, do you want to do the next one on the list, or do you, should I do Killing Joke? Um, well, I'll talk about Chernobyl. Yeah, sure, do that. So Chernobyl's on episode three, um, and it ended quite badly in in the episode before. I don't mean badly like the show's bad, badly as uh-huh. in like a very uh, tense situation. Um, I mean, it, is it really spoilers if this is a historic event? Um, um, yeah, <laughs> guys, there's a big explosion. <laughs> well, people die. The, okay, at the end of episode two, you're kind of left with these. Um, I don't know if they're soldiers or if they're the employees of the power plant, but they are. They've got to go into into the, like the. It's like a cellar. To relieve Uh some of the pressure so it doesn't become more of a disaster. And so they've got to wade through radioactive water, uh, very radioactive water, to to turn these Uh valves to shut everything down. Yeah, and it's like they make it as dramatic and tense as possible because they're walking around and you hear the chirping of the uh, of the Geiger counter. It gets louder and louder and louder as they're making their way through these. these tunnels and then at the end of episode 2 their flashlights are just flickering out because of the radiation damaging the elements of the torches yeah, yeah. I imagine what it's doing to their bodies yeah so in episode 3 it carries on from there and um, yeah and deals with that but what amazes me is that Russian technology looks so weird because you can see it I, I know it's in the 80s so it should look old but it looks way older than that um, you understand what the technology is you know, from what they're using it for um, but it always feels like they direct, like Fallout and whatever directly inspired was directly inspired by Russian technology because it feels it well be because it feels so weird that it, like it feels so weirdly out of place you've got people going up into ranks and getting positions through being members of the the communist party and it doesn't matter what you've done previously as long as you're doing well in the communist party you're going to get put in, into a decent position even if you have no idea what you're actually dealing with so you got people in charge, and their only experience of running anything is, say, uh, they ran a shoe shop, uh, and now you're governing a like, a, was essentially a county. 
Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, no, you shouldn't be in charge. <laughs> Maybe someone a bit more experienced should be there. And the people who are in charge of this, uh, um, I guess, nuclear power area, or I can't remember the full, uh, the full um, title of what they they had, but of this t- nuclear power department, they have no idea how the power plant runs. They have no idea how the reactor runs. Um, they don't seem to understand the danger of radiation. And so it just leads to this horror. You just see these horrible decisions. And you're like, no, stop doing that. Thankfully, uh, other people who are in the know are battling against this and trying to stop it. And then you see these real heroes going in and doing ridiculously dangerous things because they have no choice. And they're saving um, the Ukraine probably the most of Russia and a massive portion of Europe like yeah, the just just reading up on it it looks like the the uh, explosions was filmed in um, Lithuania in a, a power plant which had the same design as Chernobyl so oh, okay you know, in terms of attention to detail I think this show has kind of gone up a level and I mean um, the, the attention they've done is fantastic yeah, I'm gonna see if I can uh, watch this with you at some point. Oh, it's amazing! Catch up with you at least. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's, um, I believe it it's... sounds like it's gonna be a nice kind of breath of fresh air away from the fantasy world of Game of Thrones, which is disappointing, and into the card cold hard reality of death. Buffy season four started the um, first half of the season. I think uh, I alluded to that uh, in the last episode, but. Yeah, it's essentially halfway through the season now. And uh, this is a season that I I kind of went into with a little bit of um, intrepidation. I wasn't the biggest fan of the Riley story arc, uh, back then at least. And uh, yeah, I didn't really like Adam as a villain. Um, so kind of went into this thinking uh, I'd have to just go through this season because I'm... I'm going through from, you know, Buffy as a, a reset. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of went into it a bit doom and gloom, thinking, God, I've got to go through this season. And actually, I'm enjoying it. Now, I, I think Riley is, you know, he's... A, I don't know why I didn't like him, but he seems to be quite a genuinely nice guy. Yes, he's he's got a little, a little in the way of uh, military issues, shall we say. Uh, but... Yeah, I thought he was quite, you know, nice partner for uh, for Buffy. And now I'm watching it again. She's kind of more a bit offish for some reason, and it doesn't really make much sense. But yeah, it seems yeah she she's got out of a bad relationship, obviously, and that's why she's uh, yeah like that. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, I've just gone past the episode where uh, yeah. We've got rid of um, Oz now. Oz has left uh, after having a fling with another werewolf. I was kind of a little annoyed with um, uh, Willow in her response to his cheating because there was uh, the incident where she cheated with Xander and somehow that was different from him being unable to control himself 
when he's a werewolf. It's a you know double standard thing, really. And I you know kind of feel a little bit for Oz, who has to essentially leave and find himself, find a way of stopping himself from becoming the wolf. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot more. I think I've got um, a different uh, feeling about the individual characters within the show now than what I had back then. And it, it, I'm less supportive of Willow and kind of more supportive of the the guys that have been uh, hard done by. How, how, how are your thoughts when you watched um, season four again? Well, I think I was a bit like you. Um, but I remember not... For some reason, I remember not being really into season three and four because I remember not liking the uh, the mayor so much as a bad guy. And again, yeah, I didn't like Adam. I didn't like Riley from seasons four. But when I rewatched them, I thought they were pretty good. I actually liked them way more than I thought I would. Um, yeah, sure. I I do have a bit of an issue with Riley though, because he does. He almost feels like he he's uh, taking away something from Buffy. He he feels like he he takes away some of her um, agency. She's very lovey dovey when she's around him. She becomes obsessed. And I think that diminishes her character quite a bit. Yeah, but let's face it, her character does that repeatedly. Yeah. Um, it's uh, like yeah, they it, seem it's, to it's, think that... Well, I guess it goes along with uh, the episode of season two uh, where they discuss what passion is. Um, but for Buffy, it seems like she can't love someone without being obsessed with them. Yeah, yeah. And that scene, like you say, seen everywhere in her relationships um and i'm i'm kind of really dreading the 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 season five stuff with spike but uh thankfully i didn't have to do that yet so um you got anything else on the tv front no that's all i've watched i did um uh have a look at like comic book um last week i received a copy of the killing joke Okay. We can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't want to go into too heavily into the story, but essentially, this well, is a, an or. Well, I think the story is like super well known now. I mean, I don't. I, I don't is. even read DC, and I know what happens in it. Yeah, I think it's considered the uh, essentially the main canon reason for the, the Joker's existence, um, or at least one of the main ones. Uh, also, yeah, if you've played so, any of the video games of Batman... Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've played like any of the Arkham games... Then they, you know Oracle, they, so... Yes, spoiled yeah. Spoiled already. They are that storyline, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so essentially, The Killing Joke is... It's quite a short graphic novel, actually. I think I finished that in 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, How short sure is it, then? How many pages? Single sitting. I don't know for sure. I don't have it in front of me. But I've got I've got the absolute Batman edition, the anniversary edition, and uh, that comes with two copies of the. So essentially, it's all in one um, hardback, but it's got uh, a reprinted copy with kind of improvements to how they've inked it and different paper. And they've got the original 
um, version of how they've inked it. And then they've got the transcript that um, Alan Moore's written. So it's, um, it's, it's a nice presentation pack, but let's face it, just won it for the comic book, really. And um, yeah, the, the story is pretty short, and it details mostly uh, the, the Joker's storyline through flashbacks. So it, it starts out that the Joker has escaped um, Arkham Asylum. Batman's kind of gone to Arkham Asylum to try and reconcile differences with the Joker because he knows essentially uh, how things are going to end if things keep playing out the way they are. And um, yeah, uh, the Joker's escaped at that point and once Batman realises he, he pretty much has to try and find him and capture him again. Um, certain events happen. The Batman gets hold of um, Commissioner Gordon and obviously things happen to his daughter. Uh, and yeah, what happens next is um, kind of Batman finds out where the Joker is. So I'm not going to say how. And um, from there... Well, he doesn't he use his bat, go f- bat radar? No, no, he doesn't. I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah not, not saying how. But essentially, they, 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 they get into a fight, into a fairground that the Joker has created. Um, the Joker thinks that he's broken Commissioner Gordon through his actions against... Um, his daughter, but uh, Batman basically says, uh, you know, tells the Joker that he hasn't broken uh, Commissioner Gordon, which uh, kind of leads into the flashbacks a little bit because the flashbacks show you how the Joker became the Joker, and you know that's a story of how he gets broken through trying to do things for his family, only to find out that his family are no more. And yeah, that's um, it's quite a kind of sad story, really. And it's a little bit similar to the the original Batman film, you know, the um, the one from the, the early nineties, late eighties. I forget which one it is. Tim Burton movie. And yeah, yeah that was eighties. Has was eighties? Jesus, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> uh, elements of that are in the, the Killing Joke. I'm pretty sure the Killing Joke come first, but uh, yeah, so you can see kind of inspiration behind that and it, it's it's a really nice way of kind of setting out that story because we all know how batman become batman let's face it we've had fucking hundreds of uh different things that have pointed into how batman becomes batman and i'm fed up with origin stories of batman to be honest but to the joker that's a, a different kettle of fish we haven't had many and some of them are pretty poor, the ones we have had. So, you know, to, to, to get a, a kind of really gritty idea of why he is the Joker, um, yeah, that, that's pretty cool, I think. I would recommend getting it, not necessarily the, the version I have, because that's quite pricey. And if you, you're just there to read some material, I'd just grab um, whatever basic copy you can. The story will be the same. You don't necessarily need the transcripts from Alan Moore's kind of original writing about what happens in the story, or you you know have the the original inked version in there. Just get a copy of it if you you want those things and you like the presentation and you want it to kind of sit nicely on your shelf. Then great, but yeah, I'll just go for the the basic copy if you can. So how much was your version? 
I believe mine was 25. Ouch. Um, yeah, so I read up. It's, the actual story is 64 pages. So let me have a look. I quickly double checked to see how much I paid for that. Uh, 26 pounds. Sorry, not 25. Uh, but um, Forbidden Planet do a a signed, and I use that term loosely, copy of um, Absolute Batman, 30th Anniversary Edition. And that is signed, but it's a printed signature. In other words, it's basically just a, yeah, a copy of Absolute Batman, which has had a copied uh, signature put in. Oh. Yeah, so it's it's not 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 an original wet signature. So you'd recommend it though for sixty, even though it's like sixty four pages of story. Yeah, it's it's a good story. It's a really good story, and you know you can, if you you look at uh, how it's been rated, I would agree with that rating. It, it is a very good, compelling story. It's not, you know, an unknown story. You pretty much know what's going to happen, but uh, especially if you know who the Oracle is. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a very kind of compelling, gritty story. I really enjoyed it. And it's kind of given me more of a first for some of the kind of British invasion um, DC stuff. So my board game crate arrived this uh, week. Yay! So, so what's a board yeah, game crate? Board, board game crate is a... It's basically a monthly subscription... Uh, where you receive two board games um, through your letterbox or more likely a ring at the door and uh, you having to answer it. But, two board you know, games? You, you, two board games. So how yeah, much is this a bigger a board game? This is £40 a month. Ouch. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit steep. Yeah. But if you think well, I suppose it is board much, games. Though. It is. Yeah, you're getting you know pretty meaty board games and... What they do say on the site is that they guarantee that the the games you get will be better value than you will be able to get in the shops. Okay, good. So yeah, so yeah, and essentially, at least or you know more than the value of the. So did you say this is the first one you've done? This is the first one I've received. Okay. So I'm just quickly. So, so are they? Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Are they themed? Like, do you get, like, a, a, a space month or, a, you know, like, loot no. boxes or anything? No, and I, I think part of the reason for that is that the, they need to manage um, what would, you know, against what people already have. So oh, okay. they, they go off your Board Game Geek um, listings, so you, you give them your uh, collection details. Oh, well, really? So they... they won't give you duplicates then? Yes, that's right. Oh, that's fantastic. It does mean that if you buy games uh, during the that month, you've got to be very careful not to buy games that you think you're going to get. Well, received. it's giving you an incentive then not to buy, you know, not to stray and buy games when you know before sure. it arrives. Yeah. Because that works for me, doesn't it? But <laughs> yeah, I, I do buy a lot of games, but I, I, I well, subscribe. To I mean, this I assume, I assume if you buy something right, you know, after you receive your box, they will. Check your your uh, your listing before they send the next lot. Yes, yes. So you won't get duplicates later on. You might get duplicates if you bought it after that point. So yeah, there, there's the potential over two weeks that you might receive the same game that you've already bought because you were silly and bought it. But yeah, I received a game called Istanbul, um, 
which uh, won, has won awards. Um, it's uh, what, a 40 to 60 minute game, two to five players, kind of 10 plus recommendation on the age. Uh, I've heard very good things off of it. I can quickly tell you what the Board Game Geek rating is, but I yeah, don't know it off by heart, so I'm going to go and check now. Istanbul. And what's the game like? I have yet to play it. Oh, well, what's it like? Like, what? Is it a card game? Is it a tile game? So it's a it's a game that's got a seven point six rating. Um, it's from two thousand fourteen. Um, the 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 rules waiting. It doesn't think it's too complex. Uh, so essentially, what this is 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 um, it's a dice rolling um, kind of grid movement modular board game. And it's it's kind of a strategy game with an economic um, kind of skew. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it, it's got some pretty decent ratings. It you know it's not the kind of game that I would probably go out there and buy, but it's definitely the kind of game that I would go out there and play. Um, You'd play anything. And I'm gonna. I would play anything, but this this is you know, I've played Castles of Burgundy. I've played um, Zolkin, Zolkin or something like that. I forget. It's the Mayan calendar game. Uh, I played that and loved it. So, you know, the, people that are fans of that generally like this game. Um, the other game I received is Star Realms. I've heard of that. Um, okay. Yeah. That's a, a much smaller game. That's kind of like the, the little card game. Again, that's what... I think that's a like GMP series, isn't it? Haven't they made a... A uh, ver- like um, like didn't know digital version of that. Possibly it's a card collecting game, but yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a, a card drafting game. Um, so kind of deck pool hand management type things, um, and it's two two player game. It's twenty minutes to play. It's a little higher rated on age at twelve plus. Um, but uh, honestly, I think it'd like an eight-year-old be fine with playing that game, and it's not particularly complicated. But yeah, if you want to give it a try, uh, Star Realms is on Steam for free, so you can give it nice. a play. And then if you like yeah. it, then pick a board game up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'll go back to uh, the board game crate. There was nothing else in my crate this uh, this week, this month, I should say. Uh, and expecting norm- else? yeah, normally you also get dice, but no dice. This what? Time. Oh man, who doesn't love yeah. a nice new set of dice? So hopefully next time round, I'll obviously give a review next next month as well because uh, you know this is the first month. There's always that honeymoon period. Maybe it won't be so good next month, especially if they happen to give me a game that I already have. But uh, yeah, it seems generally pretty good. So I'm happy with that. That's good. I would say it's pretty good value, and it it kind of takes you out of your comfort zone a little bit that you're getting games that, yeah, you you like playing, but games that you might not go, oh, I want that. Yeah. So, so um, it, it's good enough. The, the free dice uh, are they like pen and paper dice, or are they just excited? It it depends. It depends. Um, okay. In in other ones, it's uh, they've had dice to determine the first player. So, uh, you, yeah, instead of like having an app or whatever, you roll the dice and that determines who who plays first. Wait, what? So that's, 
in your in your in your box. In your in your not not in mine. In previous ones, they've done that. I'm confused. (laughs) What? There's a dice in there uh, to determine who the first player is. Yes. In your in your board game box. No, not crate thing. Not in mine. Yeah, I know, not in yours, but in other people's. They give you a dice to determine a player. Not a dice, a set of dice to determine first player. How does that work? I don't know. I didn't get one, so I'm sorry. Does it have special symbols on them, then? I have no idea. But yeah. I'm just giving you an example of the kind of dice you get. It's it's not necessarily just like um, RPG dice. Damn. I thought you were just throwing free dice. Well, I'm sure they have those two. And you get a free D20 or something. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. So, 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 so far, I'm happy with it. I think um, I could have a bit more uh, better value. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be the long, uh, you know, a long-term subscriber. We will see. Okay. So is this the only one that does this, or is there a competition for them? This is the, the big one. Okay. Uh, there, there aren't many. Uh, there are ones that do painting sets and things like that, like miniature painting sets. Uh, quite a few of those, in fact. But uh, I think because the kind of low profit margin on this kind of thing... Well, that sounds dangerous. A miniature yeah, I think it, crate. That sounds uh, really yeah, dangerous. For me, for me, it's dangerous, yeah. So uh, I'm keeping away from that. But uh, yeah, for, for I think for now, at least in the UK... This is the only real um, board game crate. Well, I think that's the problem. Is that in the UK we are we have a you know a much reduced uh, selection than other people in these kind of things. Yeah, yeah. I think they're trying okay. to get better, so, but yeah, yeah. We're definitely seeing more crates come out uh, recently. Promise, uh, promise. We, I, I like the idea of them. But I hate random stuff because I think because if I get stuff I don't like, I'll be annoyed. <laughs> yeah, and half the stuff you can't get rid of anyway, yeah. which is part of the reason why you know, it's something like a board game that you can sell on. That's true. Where, you know, yeah. it's sealed. It's not. Or if it's sealed, give it away as a gift. Oh, Christmas present. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens definitely. Oh, I keep this one for keep... the kids. <laughs> Might have to hide hide uh, some things from you if it's something that's going to be your. Christmas present, but yeah, I, I I'm giving, you know, it, right now I'd say it's, I'd give it a three out of five uh, for board game crate, but maybe that will get better. I, I'm not saying that I don't like the games. I do. I like the games that have come through, but um, I'm not necessarily seeing the value that I'd expect yet. Did you price them up? See how much you made? Uh, kind of scared to, if I'm honest. <laughs> Well, just in case, yeah, yeah, it actually did cost more. <laughs> Basically, thirty pounds, right? Yeah. So in that case, the current crate was not good value for money. No. Forty pounds. So yeah, right now, I, I'm thinking that it's not good value for money, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, leave it for a couple of months, see how it goes. Yeah, I do. I do like getting things through the post, but. Let's face it, we all have Amazon accounts. We can yeah. all do that. And if I want roulette, I just randomised, I don't know, the board game listings on Amazon. Now, I could be being unfair to board game crate because some games um, tend to be 
reduced in price more than others. So because I have certain games in my catalogue already, they might have had to select ones like that. Well, that might not be their fault. But, you know, for me right now, that wasn't good value for money. And Haribo, it'd be like Overclockers. Give some Haribo. Haribo's always welcome. Even if it's 10p, yeah. you know. You, you can't pay well, you can pay well, you can pay forever <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. can definitely buy happiness yeah it always makes you feel yeah. better doesn't it when you get some um, Haribo exactly. and overclockers yeah and with all the, the bike shop that I order stuff from they do the same do thing do they see everyone thing. should do it yeah. Amazon should do it yeah. come on Amazon exactly get on that the, the kids never get looking on those bags of Haribo either well they're, they're tiny I mean you know, yeah. how could they yeah. can't waste them no the that's right yeah <laughs> Maybe they can have some foamy okay. things, but... Yeah. No, they can't have different <laughs> like food. Um, ones so yeah, that, 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 that's it from me on the, the board game front. Okay. I didn't play many board games um, this week. I'm trying to think of any that I played this week. Did your lunch times dry up? Yeah, it's sometimes, you know, we're talking right now, we're around the, uh, the half-term period. So people go go on holiday and whatever. So no board games. Uh, so last thing I have on my list is the Yorkshire Free Peaks Challenge, which you said you were interested in. Ah, uh, yes, yes, I want to know all about this. So um, up in the uh, Yorkshire Dales, they've got uh, a hell of a lot of very tall hills and mountains. Um, includes climbing. Pennygent, which is 694 metres. Wernside, which is 736 metres. And Ingleborough, which is 723 metres. Now, uh, Pennygent has a, can have a gentle slope up or a steeper slope up. We took the steeper slope up. So you climbed up three mountains. Mountain. We walked up three mountains, just to be clear. Um, when I say walked... Uh, that might be stretching it a little bit for Ingleborough because there's a pretty much a, a sheer climb at one point and that was painful. Pennygent was, I think, the harder one, mostly because it was the first one we did, so we weren't really um, entirely sure what was going on. And Wernside, which is technically the tallest at 736 metres. What was that one? Uh, was was Wernside. Wern. W-H-E-R-N side ah yeah i see okay yeah that that was actually the easiest because you could just climb up at its back in essence and it oh. was quite a gentle um, climb but yeah that was 26 miles for us so essentially a um a marathon distance uh climbing three mountains <laughs> what and possessed you to do this hours uh, well, uh, Lisa asked, so I did it. <laughs> but this wasn't so, for somewhere... like a charity or anything? Nope. Just so it's just a challenge. challenge, okay. Just a personal challenge. Did you get like yeah. a medal for she doing it? To do... Got a certificate okay. to say we've done it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the the path for doing this is in the, the time that you're expected to do it in. It's between twelve, uh, between ten and twelve hours, uh, 20, ten and fourteen hours. Okay. So twelve hours is like bang in the middle, and we did eleven in a bit. Oh wow, that's good. So, how was your feet yeah, after really doing all that walking? I had some pretty nasty blisters. Oh. Um, 
My little toe, I'm not going to show you the pictures, it's pretty no, awful. Yeah, but my little toe pictures. looks pretty much dead. What's dead? Uh, it's not dead, but it looks dead. Well, it's it's since recovered a lot. Yeah, my, my baby toe on my right foot. Oh, no. But it has recovered nicely, so, yeah. Is it like a black then? Is that what you say to look uh, dead? Well, white, as in oh. devoid of any colour. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know if it was interesting. It wasn't actually that difficult, if I'm honest. I mean, if my feet were okay, I could have kept going. But my feet were broken, so I had to stop. I kind of want to walk up mountains. So. <laughs> Give it a go. I might do. I might have to, especially in the summer. Nice bit of breeze. Might be fun. Yeah, um, sunscreen though. So, what was the sights like? I've never been to Yorkshire. What was it? What was it like up there? It's pretty dramatic. You know, you've got these huge undulations. You've got obviously mountains all around. Yeah, we got you. mountains apparently. Um, I didn't know this. We got mountains in the UK. Uh, no, no one you tell can, me. You can uh, have have a look at my um, social profile. You'll see a load of uh, photos from there. But yeah, if uh, if you are up for personal challenges and you don't have uh, problems with your feet or heart or lungs, oh. you probably should give it a go. Oh. Um, I mean, in terms well, of the, the anyway. Three Peaks Challenge. <laughs> you can climb mountains, but you don't have to necessarily... Yeah, you can just roll down. I can just roll down afterwards. <laughs> Before that. Yeah. Remember, the higher you go, the less oxygen you have. Yeah, the higher so. you go, the quicker you, you come down afterwards. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's raining. Yeah. Yay! Spoiler time! Spoiler time. Okay, let's get back to Game of Thrones, shall we? Back to Game of Thrones. So, at the beginning of the episode, final episode of the season, everyone's kind of geared up for everything to end. Um, John, you know, is kind of a bit mopey. You've got, <laughs> you've got Tyrion looking over the rubble, somehow magically... Gets into the basement where you know he finds his of the red keep uh, of the red keep, but finds his brother and his sister, uh, kind of in you know dead in each other's arms. Well, did you see? Did you feel? Did you think you were going crazy when you watched this? No, but I did think. Why didn't they just escape? <laughs> well, I, I was asking myself in in episode five. The vaulted ceiling fell down. Everything fell down. It all caved in. We saw this, you know, explicitly in the episode. The vaulted ceiling was crumbling. Everything was falling down on top of Jamie and Cersei. Now suddenly it's all clear. Did they did they forget what they did in the previous episode? Who's who's paying attention to continuity here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one. <laughs> Apparently but, uh, not. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, yeah, I thought I was going mad. I had to, I had to rewatch the previous episode, the previous scene. I was like, wait a second. I swear this all fell in. Maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe I'm going crazy. But no, I watched it again. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Glaringly obvious, stupid stuff aside, he um yeah. Finds his brother and sister together, pretty unhappy. 
goes off to find his queen and then uh, she gives this rousing speech as any evil dictator does uh, followed by overshadowing of dragon wings behind her and uh, yeah he just kind of goes and has a hissy fit and throws his uh, uh, little hand of the king well don't don't forget teleporting grey worm yeah, yeah, Grain Worm, some, and John, actually. Well, no, because to... what we saw is John was with uh, Grey Worm as Grey Worm was executing Slaughtering, prisoners. Yes. And, and John walked off. John walked off. What? Well, it was funny, because John, John was like, no, you can't execute prisoners. And Grey Worm's like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And, and John was like, well, I'm going to go tell the Queen. I'm going to try and persuade her to, to have mercy. So he turns back, takes a couple of steps, and Grey Worm's there slicing through their necks. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what? And then John walks off. Then you have this really long, drawn-out scene of John walking through the troops, walking up the stairs. Well, oh, Grey Worm's there. What? Yeah. How, how did Grey Worm get in front of him? I, I think there must have been some kind of uh, uh, time-lapse there, because... What was John doing in that meantime? No idea. Because he marched off immediately to go find the Queen. Uh, it doesn't make much sense. But, uh, yeah, I thought her, the way she was portrayed as handling that whole um, episode was just very clumsy. Oh, yeah, you let your brother go. Ooh, you're a traitor. Ooh. Yeah, you just... I don't know, Tyrion retorting. Hey, you just killed everyone. Well, Bitch. it makes no sense for Tyrion because you would think like Tyrion Tyrion risked his neck because he thought he was saving Jamie and Cersei. So when he found Jamie and Cersei's body and they were dead, you would think he would do what Tyrion usually does and he would try to get out of the city and live. It doesn't feel in Tyrion's character to confront Daenerys and essentially, you know, essentially hand his life away. It doesn't. That doesn't feel like Tyrion to me. I mean, he knows there was a boat on the shore because that was the boat left for uh, for Jaime and Cersei. So he knew, knows there's an escape route. So. Have him try and flee, and maybe get caught by the Unsullied or something. Don't just have him go up to Daenerys and throw his hand badge at her. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That was um, yeah, very bad, badly portrayed. He's out of character. And excuse the rustling. I've got a few packets of snacks. <laughs> uh, I'll try and edit it out as much as possible. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Then, so Arya's walking around the city. But the last we saw of her, she was riding out of the sea on a horse. Yeah, a white horse. Which well, doesn't seem to have well, any bearing on anything. Yeah, what, what was the point in that then? Where's the horse gone? Why, why is she now walking around the sea? What was she doing? I think they were trying to lull you into a false sense of security that she will be the one that kills the queen. But honestly, 
from the the previous episode when we were doing the spoiler section for that, we said it's it's going to be one of those two guys. We're more likely to be John, and uh, it turns out it was John. Well, that was a pretty easy fucking thing to guess, wasn't it? Well, go back to uh, a speech yeah. a second, because um, Danny said something interesting that she wanted to liberate Winterfell. Liberate Winterfell to dawn. To break the wheel. So. Is her whole purpose then. To get rid of the great houses. All of them. So is she just going to straight up murder. The Starks. In front of John? Was that her plan? Or is she just going kick, like to kick them out. And make them homeless. I mean. Like what, what was. What do, you, what do you think her intentions were? Yeah, well, honestly, you get a lot of, uh, you know, big leadership type figureheads spouting a load of crap. And that seemed like that was one of those cases that she was spouting a load of crap, mostly because of bad writing. But also, I think, uh, yeah, it was a way of getting uh, the audience to mistrust her, to dislike her. To, to make her to make the audience believe that she's going to do bad things to the people that we've had to endure for the last um, eight seasons. I say that because I don't necessarily like all of those characters. Okay. So, and, yeah. and also Dawn. It's like everyone's dead in Dawn anyway. So what does it matter? Well, no one's dead in Dawn. Like they just refuse to show Dawn for some reason. Yeah, but it, the characters just vanished I mean you talk about the Viper and when you talk about the you know his daughters and whatever or whatever well they all died yeah, yeah. except for Illyria Sand who is well, still in the, well, she's in the Red no, Keep no she's not dead yeah. well, she would be if they've not fed her well that's the thing Cersei said that she was going to be fed and make sure that she survived so she could watch her daughter rot away and stay in there until she dies of old age. So yeah. she was being fed until the destruction of the Red Keep. So she's still alive during all this. And during the end of the episode, they just ignore her. It's like no one goes to the dungeons. So yeah. so she died of starvation because uh, Cersei died, basically. No, they, they, they forgot about her. And also they forgot that what Arya's doing. Because Arya says to Jon when he... When she warns him, that he's, he's like, "Why are you here?" And he, he and, and Arya tells him that she's there to kill Cersei. But no, you changed your mind. You weren't going to kill Cersei. You was so you abandoned that position. So why are you lying? Yeah, doesn't make much sense. Uh so yeah. In in the end, John kills. Um, well, not at the end of the episode, but... Well, no, he, for, he, no he, first he goes to Tyrion's cell. Yes, yes, he does, yeah. So, the man, John, the man that turned his back on Egret, the woman he loved, and he did this to save the Nightwatch, and he did this for his honour, and he did this for the oaths he took. He did all this... 
and basically sacrifice the crap. He's now defending Danny's actions in killing everyone indiscriminately, killing children. This is supposed to be the same John. John John decided he couldn't run away with Ygritte, where both of them would have been safe, possibly. I mean, well, if it wasn't for the wars, they'd have been hunted down. But with the wars, everyone's dead, essentially, anyway. So yeah, they'd have been able to run away, maybe go back north of the war, perhaps, and you know, live happily, hopefully. Or at least try. But no, he, he couldn't abandon his oaths. So he led Ygritte down the path where she would inevitably die because he had honour and he was defending his oaths and the realms of men and his position and his friends, the uh, the Night's Watch. But now he's going to say, oh yeah, 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 she had to kill these children because Cersei... What? Yeah. How how is Tyrion? Can't defend that. No. How is Tyrion the one to try and tell John that Danny has to be stopped? Yeah. Well, you know, people lie to each other when they're in love, or lie to themselves. He knew it a lot longer than he knew Danny. This is true. And uh, yeah. It was his auntie. <laughs> Which, since he knew, he's not been able to be intimate with her. So how much in love is he? Yeah. I, it was, uh, yeah. It's an interesting conversation. I actually think that um, the, the whole build-up for that was so that they could explain why Danny is now suddenly the Mad Queen. Oh, okay, fine. I'll kiss you then and stab you in the back. Stomach. Chest. Okay, stomach, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, figuratively. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then you had the scene with Drogon showing up. So, (laughs) well... I've I've seen the memes of the reactions to this. It, do you have any logic as to why you decided to burn the throne and not John? Stabby thing. Stabby thing hurts. Hmm. More stabby things. Must destroy stabby things. Stabby things bad. Yes, I have. Yeah, it must do. But why the fuck would Grey Worm, who slaughters people that he doesn't know, you know, they pretty much have done nothing to harm him. But, but our enemies, according to the fact that he fought against them. That they fought against um, Daenerys. So the person who actually slit her, yeah, killed yeah. the queen. I mean, how does that conversation even go? Uh, yeah, a uh, stab McQueen. A stab McQueen put me in jail. <laughs> why doesn't Why doesn't Grey Worm just like okay stab with spear? <laughs> 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 Yeah, it, it was uh, ridiculous. I, I don't understand how John is still alive. No, no. I, people are complaining that John's gone to the war. John should be fucking dead. <laughs> yes, but also, like John shouldn't be that much of a moron. He should just 
walk out of the bloody city. Nobody knows she's dead. There's a pool of blood. You could you could make up an excuse. The body's gone. There's yeah. no evidence. Exactly. She's just decided to go home. She's fed up with this. She wants to go back to Valeria. Like I would say, um, there were some survivors from the from the battle. Uh, they tried to assassinate Daenerys. She got wounded. Drogon killed them, and flew off. Yeah, that would be out of, a little bit out of character for John. <laughs> or being smart. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the guy just over and over fucks up and somehow he's the hero. But anyway. You thought he'd learn his lesson after the first time he died. Yeah. So Daenerys no more. Dragon no more because he's flown off with said body. Um, John's in prison. So is Tyrion. And then they, they get caught out for a, you know, a picnic with... Uh, the other lords of the, the kingdom. It's super confusing because, like, if a, if someone who's classed as a king, like King in the North, kills another king, they take over that rule. They don't get put in prison and charged for treason because they're now the ruler. Yeah, because uh, the the other one's dead. Yeah, that's the the thing with a monarchy. Yeah, you just kill the monarch. And you inherit it, yay! Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the the speech was um, interesting. Well, yeah, very interesting uh, because Tyrion was like, "Hey, hey, John, could could you go kill Daenerys, please?" Oh, you've killed Daenerys. Um, yeah, who should be king? Um, not, not you. you. Not yeah, you. not you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I yeah, uh, was it Sam? He like. All the seasons up to this is, oh, you should be leader, you should yeah. be leader. And then, oh, no, Bran's the obvious choice. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And then not only is Bran, like, Bran, Bran, who's from the north, doesn't want to be the Lord of Winterfell, doesn't want anything yeah. anymore, is now king. Yeah. Um, also, isn't he the creation of the children of uh, the forest? No. Essentially. What do you mean? I thought the Free-Eyed Raven was created by the Children of the Forest. And he inherited that role. I don't know, it's unclear. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, do they do anything to well, help Well, no, I don't think that could really? be true, because the Children of the Forest were around before any men set foot on Westeros. And I don't... So unless it's... Unless the, the ability to be the Free-Eyed Raven is something that like an entity bestowed upon a man. I don't know. But I think the children of the forest taught men how to green sea. A Stark from the north is now king. But now the north wants independence with a Stark as a queen. Do you think anyone would allow that to happen? Oh, the the independent nation's also the ruler of all of us. (laughs) Mm, I think that that would cause another uh, round of um, uh, wars. War. Yeah. And the Iron Throne, who have been constantly rebelling against the Iron Throne for independence, is being very quiet about the North having independence while they're serving a king. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, what? <laughs> Do people forget that the Iron Throne, the Iron Islands, are all about independence? Do they hate? Yeah. The, like the hate central rule. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they tried to um, leave the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, the North never did. Yeah. So why does the North get independent over them? Yara should be going mental. And then we've got the the weird video montage at the end. You know the the um, you've got the the Starks going off towards all their various duties. Aria on a boat, John meandering towards the north, and which which is the north, north is now independent, right? So how does the 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 king of the six kingdoms? How does the king of six kingdoms um, put people to the war? Because the war's in the north. Must ask nicely. Could you please go through what is essentially hostile territory uh, to to go to your prison centres, please? And like the northerners never stopped saying John was their king. Why didn't they just like king of the north? Why didn't they just like free him? Yeah. You know, yeah, he's got to travel lot, through their territory of, in the first place. Stop a Winterfell. Don't have lot, to go into the north. Lots of things in that regard don't really make sense. That John, a got to the war. And what's the war he for? Was sent to the war. <laughs> well, what's the no watch yeah. doing now? What's their what's their purpose? They have no purpose now. Like the wildlings, why are they going north? They were given lands um, that weren't being used anymore, that they could actually farm in instead of running around snow, you know, tundra. So, like, yeah, you don't have to go north. You're idiots. So, yeah. so are we basically saying that Bran, Bran was actually the villain all, all the time throughout the, the show? I think so. I think so. Because uh, you know, because the only reason he came to King's Landing was because he knew he was going to be king, so he can see yeah. in the future. So why do you think I came? Yeah. So he he saw. So he made sure, certain that all of this happened, so he could become king. He allowed all his innocents yeah. to die by Danny's hand, so he could be king. He allowed the war to be destroyed, so he could be king. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense because the, you know, the. The lone wolf uh, dies while the pack survives is kind of the new motto, and they're all now lone wolves. So they're, they're all going to fucking yeah. die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, except the thinking. king because he's no longer a wolf; he's a raven. Okay, so I, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, I think so too. We'll uh, speak to you all next week. Yep. Bye for now. Bye for now. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.